This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. So Hello. happy spring. Yeah, we had the first day of spring earlier this week. Yeah. It does not feel like spring here on no, the wet pretty, coast. Um, pretty, uh, pretty wet and not warm. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little grumpy about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. And I, I'm also grumpy because I'm seeing a lot of my friends share photos from warm, sunny places as they're on spring break. And I am not. And that's right. okay. But I could use with like just a little more sunshine and a little less rain. I think because the week, well, it was a couple of weeks ago, we had some nice sunny weather. And so we yeah. had that first, like the false spring, yeah, it's as, the the, as the meme goes, the teas, yeah. the great teas when all the cherry yeah. blossoms came out. Yeah. And now we're in back into this um, regular programming. Although this morning was quite warm. It was. Uh, well, it's kind of warm, but it's really yeah. wet. Anyways, yeah. this is anyway, the weather. This segue. is the weather network. <laughs> it's a weather fail. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're talking about failure today. So facets of failure. I wrote about this in our love letter a couple of weeks ago and Jane and I thought it would be really beneficial to unpack it a little further on the podcast. So here we are and we want to cover different, a few different things. Angles. So where do you want to start? Well, do you want to start with kind of what you shared in our, in our love letter? Maybe give our listeners a little yeah. bit of context with that and we could use that as our jumping off point. Right. I can do that. So okay. uh, about 10 days ago, I had this big emotional moment. It's going to call it meltdown <laughs> moment. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a combination of probably full moon energy and not enough sleep. And I basically was like sitting and had this pity party around failure. And I was like, I'm a failure. I'm a failure as a business owner. I'm a failure in all these different areas of my life. And intellectually, I knew in my head that that was not true. However... There was something about the feeling. And when you and I were talking, you reminded me, Jane, that all she's like, you just need to feel the feelings, feel the feeling of failure and feel that and then move it through your body. And mm -hmm. it like it took a day and I cried on and off for a whole day, um, you know, told my husband about it. And it really, you know, he again supportive great he's like he's like just so you know you're not a failure i'm like i know i know this like intellectually but i'm still crying about it you know <laughs> it's just one of those things and part of me wanted to go into all the tools that i have i'm like i could have made a list of the ways i'm not a failure i could have made a gratitude list i could have been you know there's mm -hmm. all these different things pulled a couple of oracle cards like what do i need to know but that, as you pointed out, Jane, that would bypass the feeling of the feeling of failure. Yeah. So sometimes we just need to feel it. And, let it, and, and that's really our episode. Here we go. <laughs> Let's wrap. Yes. Let's wrap. Um, and we're done. <laughs> feel your feelings. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was some other, like, it was interesting how 
that just kind of spurred on this conversation though about failure and where it mm-hmm. shows up and how it shows up in our lives and how so you shared how you moved through it and yeah how you did just have to sit in it and with it yeah was that the only thing like was that the main thing that um that you feel helped you move through it or how did you because like you say there's lots of different tools and things like that but you're right sometimes that can sort of feel like we're just we're bypassing we're trying to do our way out of Mm -hmm. the discomfort I think as I so when I was younger I didn't give myself space for me to feel my feelings because I was processing others feelings and mm. so there wasn't room for me to process my feelings. And yes, of course, there were exceptions. And yes, however, the, f- I mean, I don't ever remember conscious, consciously considering the failure piece, but I, there's multiple occasions when, you know, I wasn't very sporty and, um, you know, I was a musician. So you don't like fail at a piece of music necessarily. You're always in a learning process and you're always improving it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never failed a grade. Um, <laughs> although realistically speaking, I almost failed math 12, but you know, that was, uh, that was, that was, I completely accepted that it was my actions that contributed to that, right. um, to that result. And, you know, that was a bit of overachiever piece where I was trying to get all these courses and all these grades to get into, university because I did I wanted to keep you know all my options open and mm-hmm. I just had too many too many subjects and too many too much on the go mm-hmm. so the failure piece was me coming to a deep level of self-acceptance around okay though this is what this feels like and then accepting it and not yeah I think accepting it. it is a big thing right like we you and I were talking about this briefly we society doesn't really accept failure that too and so we learn that failure equals bad or i that's some i somewhere along the lines picked that up like well failure equals rejection or fail yeah equals abandonment because we talked so that would be a good i actually this would be a great exercise to do Mm -hmm. um is just to do a short journaling on what does fail what do you associate failure with for you personally like for our listeners and sit down and just journal like it failure means fill in the blanks. Cause it's going to mean something slightly different for everybody. Definitely but bringing that awareness to what, yeah. Like what we associate it with would be, be a really good separation. way to, yeah. Yeah. Abandonment. There's mm-hmm. so many things that, um, that that could tie into. So starting to like yeah. connect the dots and at least bring it up into awareness of, Oh, when I fail, it makes me feel this way. Where else in your life have you felt that way? And you can start to peel some of the layers back because I think we, you know, one of the examples that we were, as we're outlining this episode, we were Mm -hmm. talking about is how you, you sort of mentioned Jen and you touched on this here where you maybe almost failed math 12, but like (laughs) when you and I were going to school, yeah, people like you, I'm saying like a lot. Okay. Let's stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Self-awareness. We, uh, we got grades and you failed grades. Mm -hmm. And at one point when you failed a grade, you would actually have to be held back. So talk about the amount of shame and just judgment and everything on that. 
And now fast forward in schools, we don't, especially elementary school, I'm speaking specifically about here, but we don't actually give kids grades that way anymore. We don't hold them back. So we've almost swung the pendulum so far the other way that we yeah. don't teach kids how to fail. Cause there is, I mean, failure is a gift, right? Failure is inevitable. Like we yes. all, we all are going to fail at certain times and it's important. It's a lesson. It builds resilience. It builds a whole bunch of things that, you know, I am going to go out on a limb here and say like, we've, we've been designed to fail. That's part of human humanity. Failure is a way, failure is a way to expand creativity. So if you are an inventor, then you have all these quote unquote failed inventions, but each one of those failures gives you information to build a better model or to build a better iteration or to, you know, it might be, you could look at failure as another impetus for curiosity. So what worked and what didn't Mm -hmm. work and like, okay, so this circuit failed. So what does it need? I'm talking obviously in like electronic type of things, this circuit failed. So what does it need? Well, so it's a teacher. It's failure is a teacher. Failure is a teacher. So then in the, if we back it up to what you were saying about elementary school, and mm-hmm. kids not being, um, I don't know, well, about now individual feels... grades or marks. However, you know, when you and I were growing up, it was, you failed too many core subjects and you were held back a grade. So then you were separated from your social group. You were subject to disappointment by your teachers and probably your parents or your mentor, mm-hmm. you know, whoever your guardians are. Mm-hmm. And so then that leads to a level of shame. So then you are associating failure with all of these negative experiences and not knowing that failure can be a tool or a teacher to uh, your actual next level. It's like the book yeah. we talked about, the um, failing, failing forward, forward by John, Ma- John C. Maxwell about using failure as a stepping stone to success. Yeah. And he actually says that, you know, in his research um, and what he, his book is sort of about is that, that he finds that the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is powerful. So this is, is actually a really, really good call. Like, honestly, our call to action to any of our listeners is to really sit with and, and dig into what does failure mean to you? Yeah. And are there negative associations with that word that you are ready to let go of and to embrace the teaching and embrace the expansion that failure actually brings? And this is something I'm exploring in my life right now. Like where are, where is failure holding you back from doing the things you want to do? It's a big one for me. Oh, go on. Do you explain more? <laughs> I want to hear it. Well, I think, I think I've had a fear of failure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're right. Like a lot of us have fear of failure, but so I can see where my fear of failure has probably held me back from doing things in my life or showing up even in business, in work. Absolutely. Right? Where have I not shown up, not wanted to do a presentation, not wanted to host a workshop or, you know, show up in any capacity because I'm afraid that I might fail. I think that's true for every single person listening right now and beyond. Where have we avoided expansive and potentially amazing experiences because of our fear of failure? 
Ah, amazing. It's a big one. And also, I mean, again, we have to like our culture. So we use the school example. The other example I kind of want to touch on right now is this cancel culture we have mm-hmm. and how that is also yeah. ingraining this idea that we can't fail. And I can't imagine. So I'm just sharing, like, I'm just some girl <laughs> trying woman. to do some woman girl, trying to do some good things in the world, support people some of these, some people with bigger profiles, I mean, I can't imagine how that plays out when you've got this cancel culture playing out where you can't fail on a big stage because, because you'll be canceled. You'll be canceled. And how does that allow anyone to learn Yeah, and fail forward? How, when we're, when we're canceling people for making a mistake, we're not fostering failing forward. We're not fostering. Yeah. We're not bringing any compassion to the situation. So it's really, I guess, you know, we, it's, it's so easy to see why we all fear failure. Right. Because it's, it's actually so not reflective accepted. of the wounding within ourselves around the fear of failure. Well, or, or the person who you've canceled or the yeah. person in a situation that you've canceled is you've put on such a high pedestal that the concept or the idea of them doing anything remotely questionable is so far from you that you you can't um rather than accepting the concept of potential failure you cancel them because that's easier than sitting with your own discomfort around failure and giving them the benefit of the doubt or a way out or a way forward. So then is there also a level of um, holding leaders and people in leadership positions to a higher standard? I would argue yes. Which Uh, I mean, yes, there is. We do, right? I think think there is. That is true. We often leadership positions look at leadership positions as having a high level of responsibility. How though is that, where's the balance of the fact that they're still human beings? They're still going to fail. They're still. The nuance in the cancel culture place piece is that we don't give them the chance to fail forward, meaning to, to find a, to actually make things better and to learn from that failure experience that could improve things for everybody, not just for that mm-hmm. leader. So the, I don't know what would come to mind. But We're robbing us all of our learning yeah, experience in that completely. situation, right? Everybody is losing. It's like we've cut the head off of something without allowing. And they're like, no, no, out of the, you know, out of it's out of the picture. They've, failed um we're just gonna have a new person and you know see you later too bad too bad so so what's the what's the balance there though of accountability and holding people accountable from their for their actions this is something that like jen and i haven't discussed this literally on the fly going like we're on the fly doing this i'm like i don't know i mean it's i think it obviously it's always somewhere in the middle so there's the humanity compassion piece uh, I mean, gosh, it really depends on how, also how sensitive is the failure. Yeah, so, I guess so. 
there's yeah, also maybe we're going down a rabbit hole there but i think that's a bit of a rabbit hole it's so. sort of and maybe it's more of a rhetorical question be something that i think would be you know some of this stuff and some of the reasons i ask some of these questions are just to kind of encourage critical thinking and yeah you know these are questions that run through my head all the time i was uh witness to a situation that i think we'll bring to the podcast at some point not right now um mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago that this is sort of tied into and it's brought up a lot of questions for me, a lot more questions than answers. And so these are some of the things that, you know, I encourage, I personally feel like we need more of this type of thinking in the world. We need to start questioning our actions, questioning ourselves, questioning society as to why we do the things we do, why we uphold the beliefs we uphold. And yeah, so those are some of the questions that have come to my mind, like how do we balance accountability with allowing somebody to fail uh with you know the level we hold a leader to it kind of i feel like if we if we look at this from a european colonist perspective if a if you're talking about a battle there's a mm-hmm. winning side and a losing side which mm-hmm. is now played out in our sports culture okay right. so there's yep. if you lose you failed so which means you don't get the prize. Mm-hmm. And then if you tie that back even farther into, into your history, if you are a kingdom invading another land, then if you lose, then you've failed to gain those assets for your kingdom. So it's mm-hmm. not only that, and, some, and you might be killed. So I'm thinking of, you know, William the right, Conqueror survival. invading England. It's a survival mm-hmm. instinct. And there's room, like failure meant death in my, right. many cases. So yes, it's right for us to have this fear of failure because, you know, ancestrally... I was just going to say, so there's a really, really, really long, deep lineage. Absolutely. There that comes down to survival. Yes, it goes deep. It's not just... So we have to honor that. And in today's environment, look at, you know, maybe you grade your failure in terms of like the intensity of the failure so if it's obviously if you're rock climbing and you fail and because you fall to your death then that's <laughs> right. a failure and was that a safety feature or was it just the conditions of the day that's high risk activity mm-hmm. so um but most of us who aren't rock climbing aren't engaging in that high risk activity um or I think of like mountain climbers, if I go back to this climbing place, when they make when they're so close to the summit of a peak, but the weather conditions make it life threateningly dangerous for them to continue, then they make the decision to turn around. Did they fail to reach the summit? Yes. But they kept their lives and they <clears throat> kept they learned a lot from the ascent. So in that case it wasn't a failure. Right. Which in our day, in our day, I sound so old. <laughs> so olden days. Oh my God. <laughs> like today. So today, you know, I've heard a number of times in various, I don't know, research, psychology, all the things that the world is actually safer today than it pretty mm-hmm. much ever has been. Yeah. Yet I would say we live in a higher level of fear and anxiety and all the things. And so at this perceived danger, so like some of the examples you're talking about and even the the ancestral stuff, it's like, it really was life and death. And I know there's, like I say, I know there's a lot of research around this, around how our brains 
our little pea brains go, you know, we, we perceive safety out of things that really are not going to mean life or death. So the failure piece, I lost my train of thought here. Where was I going with that? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. It's gone. So the learning from failure, the, the, um, you know, the point here of like, how can we look at our failures as life lessons, as little teachings yeah, and embrace them that way? Like, you know, that that's the, that's the way forward. And that's the way I, I really love the way John Maxwell positions that, that that's the difference between an average person and a, and a person who's a high achiever is that they're actually able to embrace their failures because then you're actually willing to show up and you're willing mm-hmm. to try things and you're willing to, you know, you're going to go into things and learn. Yeah. I think there's an aspect of, so if we bring in sort of a bit of a, like a legal term, there's an aspect of risk management with failure. Mm-hmm. And so if we apply that lens to our own lives, most of our day-to-day activities are not full of tremendous amounts of risk. Most of us. Okay. Yes. In a workplace, there's the potential for you know, I'm thinking, you know, mill jobs and. Yeah. Sorry. Can I, I think that helps where I was going a little bit, but okay. there's this, because what you're talking about here is interesting too. We're talking about risk management in terms of life or death, yeah. but then we're talking about the emotional side. And yes. so there's like, that's where I'm like the emotions play in. Right. And where we, our brains trigger these emotions that we feel aren't safe. So then we feel unsafe in our body, you know, around failure. Cause yes. when I think about a lot of the failures today, um, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about, it's like, if I show up to do a, a talk and I freeze in the middle of it, or I, you know, and I can't do it, or I totally lose my train of thought or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That could feel like a failure, but it's, a, it's a, it's, it's based in the emotions. It's not based in anything where like, yeah, there wasn't die. a life and death, life or death situation. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that happen. And I yet we're. And- and yeah, I think that's what we fear almost more than, or I wonder if that's what we fear more than putting ourselves in life and death situations, because we're not faced with life and death situations in the same way that and we used to. Maybe that's why so many people have a fear of public speaking, because it's oh. this exposure yeah. piece. Being seen. Being seen. Feels and, really, you know, what um, if you fail? And so then there's your A, you're in front of a crowd, B, you're might be speaking about a topic that may or may not be well received see there's the am i prepared enough narrative probably running in the background mm-hmm. and you know all these other things that your mind can make up about about how it might be and then mm-hmm. ultimately stepping out on stage and delivering what you need to deliver and trusting that the audience is going to hear exactly what they need to hear and walk away with mm-hmm. that day that is the way forward which is a lot of what i don't know i'll say it personally for me i've had to do with this podcast Mm. it's right like you have a lot of experience being on stages and you've trained and all that i don't Mm -hmm. and so definitely i can relate and resonate with what you're saying yeah and having to really find that courage to just trust that the people that need to hear what we're saying are going to hear it and so this is interesting because I had a conversation with a musician friend of mine earlier this week, and they're a professional musician. Um, they play 
in an orchestra and they sing in a number of ensembles and they were saying that they get nervous like their 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 anxiety about performing is increasing as they get older and that it's been it's shifted where it used to be sort of just before the performance and now it's before the first rehearsal and that Mm. you know have they prepared enough before the rehearsal and have they learned the notes and have they have they done this and like I'm so interested I'm like I was so curious about it I was like wow why do you think that is and why do you why do you think like this anxiety because I think the anxiety is linked to this fear of failure where I might let my colleagues down or you know if if I'm not prepared enough for this rehearsal I could potentially be let go and be you know there's so there's the failure piece but the anxiety underneath that I'm like well why do you think if anything and this the same person told me that as they as musicians get older mm-hmm. their musicianship changes deepens and actually gets better you know their musical hmm. practice and their their habits and their musicality and that musicians are always growing and improving so then conversely why would this fear and anxiety also increase show up, show up? Hmm. So I, I don't have any answers, but I wanted to bring it into this conversation because it's, it yes, there, there's a failure component to this where the consequences of not being prepared enough could result in a loss of employment, in which case you could view that as a failure. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there might be an instrument malfunction during a performance. So that could be perceived as a failure yeah um but one that's outside of the control of the actual musician so it's interesting yeah yeah i don't have answers to that either no i know i mean because we're bringing up as a like as a talking point just something to think about right i think and, and that's a big piece of all of this is just continuing to ask questions to explore to go deeper as to why 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 do we do this and yeah just observing where, and, and there, there's so many different areas we can go, right? Like we just talked about observing where culture, are, we have a culture where you are not to fail. Yes. Um, safety, right? We yeah. have a, an ancestral, ancestral history where it was life or death at one point way, way, way back mm-hmm. when. And we, see, we still have that lizard yeah. brain running. Running. Um, and so then, yeah, so the question, I guess, becomes, becomes how do we, how do we embrace this? Because it's here, it's inevitable, yeah. it's part of a life. How do we embrace it? How do we work with it rather than against it? And I, if I'm hearing sort of what we've s- said here and unpacked is definitely there's the emotional component of it. And I, you know, and I believe in what you shared in the very beginning with your story and how you had to sit with it and also in my experience of starting to identify like what are the emotions mm-hmm. that are attached and, to this and asking is it true because yes. if you might if you're trapped in the emotions of failure like again I, I go back to that feeling of sitting in that those feelings and i knew intellectually that it wasn't true but i had to sit and process those feelings through me for mm-hmm. whatever reason for however they came through and yeah it was a day of on again off again crying and some journaling and like yes it was frustration and at the same time 
that was such a valuable process because I sat in that failure feeling, those feelings, and and then the next day, and you released them, right? I released like, them. So the I emotional didn't stuff release, them down. yeah, the emotional release part is really, really big. Yeah, because when we stuff them down, we know that's when our body then mm-hmm. shows up, shows other ways. We get sick. Yeah. we get chronically ill. We, um, you know, there's a disconnect between how we show up in the world and what our energy is, and other people feel that, and we're not received mm-hmm. the way we want to be. <clears throat> there's so many things that. Uh, that happen when we shut, when we shove our emotions down. So yeah, the, the big piece there is like, how do we allow the emotions to show up, acknowledge them and move them through and move them toward. Yeah. And it's even actually, I bring in another piece of this from my own life experience. So I trained as an opera singer and I sang for, and I still sing. However, I don't have a career as an opera singer. And when I, look at my school experiences and how driven I was when I first graduated to try and make it as an opera singer. Do I now consider myself a quote unquote failed opera singer? No, Hmm. I don't. I don't because all of that training and all those experiences got me to where I, I am today. And so everything I still sing. I still get great pleasure from it. I still use, I would argue, the vast majority of what I learned during my undergrad and my master's degrees in voice performance. I still use a huge amount of skills and training that I learned in those years. Mm-hmm. And they've provided a rich foundation for the work that I'm now doing and that you and I are doing together. Yeah. So absolutely. Like I know I could audition for community theater pieces, probably for the opera chorus here again, no problem. Like I know I could. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a problem. And so I don't consider those studies a failure because I'm also no longer I made the conscious choice to be like I'm not going to sit here stuck in the audition circuit for years and years. Right. Like beating myself up when I knew there was more to my life than, mm. than being on stage as an opera singer. Right. Yeah. It's a great example. And so, how we can look pa- back at our life. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I have lots of examples of that too, where I could look at things as a failure. And I'm sure when I look back at myself of 10 years ago, it definitely internalized a lot of things, career things as failures. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've moved around a lot with work, you know, yeah. for a number of years where and yeah, is that, I remember, you know, cause again, that's something I think that's shifted now, but even 10, 15 years ago, there was a whole thing of like, oh, well, people look at your resume and when you've like, you know, had a whole bunch of jobs, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so internalizing that as, oh, I can't hold down a job when really, again, I'm an experiential learner. I'm flipping designed to fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or to have experiences that lead you to the next experience. So maybe, maybe one of the takeaways here for our audience is look at your failures through a new lens and look Mm -hmm. at your failures through the lens of what else did they bring to you and what are they leading you towards? And once you've moved through that emotional piece of them Mm -hmm. and you've, you've been able to kind of 
clear that or do the work, then it's, then you can go back and look at, yeah, what were the lessons, right? It feels a bit trite to be like, oh, just look for the lessons in your failures when you're in it. Mm -hmm. But when you can look back a little bit, then you can start to see where the lessons are. And that's, that's the gold, right? And where we can actually then, you know, start to, I think that is sort of the premise of the, of John Maxwell's book of failing forward. Yeah. is and, and the more resilience we can build around maybe being able to do that faster when we're in it yes you know the faster we can move forward well even um, startups talk about that right fail fast yeah. fail fast yes so that that's that's that experiment piece now lots of organizations talk about wanting to fail fast and wanting to create a culture where failing yeah. fast is acceptable however given what Jan and I have just discussed with the fear of failure and the anxiety and the, all the baggage that we have around failure, it doesn't always work out that way. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately our individual stories around failure are what play out. So unless you're willing to look at that on an individual level and then bring those tools to your workplace, if you're in a workplace or bring those tools to your business. Whatever the scenario is. Yeah, exactly. Then you're still going to sit and spin in the failure rather than use it as an escalator to your next success. Well, I like that. That's a good place to end it. Let's wrap it up. Amazing. Have an awesome day, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Um, Quick note that the next round of Fierce Serenity is opening up very soon. So keep an eye on our social media for that. Um, It's launching April 25th. So yes, we haven't opened up. We have a wait list. We haven't opened up sales. But yes, next round is launching April 25th. Exactly. And if you are listening to this the day that this comes out, we have a community call tomorrow on March 30th from at 1 p.m. Pacific. So please do join us. Join our love letters list so that you get the community call reminders. And I don't know, what are we going to talk about? We we haven't really decided yet. So keep an eye on Well, I was just going to say, I think failure. Let's bring the failure conversation to our community call. Continue the failure conversation. Good. Unpack it a little bit further. So if you have examples that you want to bring. Yes. Bring them. Let's let's unpack a little bit. Obviously bring them from the the scar, not the wound. Jen's going to sneeze. Bless you. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) um, Yeah, let's, that's, that's what we can unpack. Cool. All right. So see you on your community call tomorrow, um, March 30th, and see you hopefully in fierce serenity starting at the end of April and have an amazing week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you love this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.